Hello, guys, and welcome to episode, I think it's nine, it might be ten, of the Kicking Mustang podcast. Um, doing something a little bit different this time. We're recording it on video, and I've got a special guest with me. He's um, from Finland. He's been a big inspiration on my airsoft, um, just uh, just airsoft in general, and my, my camouflage and concealment. His name is Yanni, and he is known as Gilly One on Instagram. Welcome, Yanni. Good to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, my, my pleasure, mate. It's really good to have you and good to have you here uh, chatting. What we normally do at the start of each podcast, I normally do look at the news. Um, if you're listening to this at a later date, we are in corona lockdown. So there isn't a huge amount of news going on right now. I think we've um, probably got three things. I have got a new gameplay that's came out and I've been using a crazy pirate flintlock pistol which was a lot of fun so that's new in my world i've also had this thing turn up this is the smithy tdc arm for the vsr now smithy is an airsoft player who i have known for several years and he has come up with this which is um, not just a tdc it replaces a hop arm and it replaces inside the hop arm when normally when the hop arm goes up and down as the pressure is applied that is going to create a slightly different angle what this does is removes that change in angle and it's got a piece that comes down perfectly straight so this is going to be really interesting to get that fitted and see how it goes the other piece of news is there is a new gun that's come out um, the only new gun that we've got at the moment on the market and it's by action army company and i think they've called it the a AC1 pistol, which a few people are quite excited about it. Yanni, have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. I want one so bad. Doesn't it look cool? Yeah, it does. It does. Have you seen how have you seen how expensive it is? It's actually like quite inexpensive. Hundred I, I don't even remember. It's like I think it's at a hundred dollars, like ninety nine all Swit Airsoft have got them and yeah. they're selling it for ninety-nine dollars which includes upgrades, which includes their TMT barrel and rubber. So to get it from Action Army Company, I'm guessing it's going to be around the $80 mark, which seems crazily cheap. Yeah. Now I want one even more. Yeah. Fingers crossed it lives up to how good it good it looks. Definitely. So, Yanni, um, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you got into Airsoft, where you're from, yeah, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about your airsoft group. This is kind of like tricky for me. I got my first airsoft gun when I was, I think, like 14. It was a Marui Springer pistol. Never played with it. Like, just practiced, practiced like, uh, handling skills with it. Yeah. Then my friend and I decided, like, now we're going to start airsofting and be, like, these super military guys. And that never happened. We bought the guns. My, my uh, first AG was the uh, GMP MRE. It's like a M4. When was this? What year that, that, that was like in 2005 or six. quite quite a long ago. You're from Finland? Yeah, correct. What was, what was happening with the airsoft scene in Finland in the mid to early 2000s? Was there a lot going on? Did you have a local site? I think that was like the prime prime era of the Finnish airsoft scene. Um, I'm not quite sure. I wasn't 
really into it back then because I was a paintballer and those those two are kind of like curse words at each other. So um, you paintballed you paintballed as well. Yeah, I started playing paintball in '94 and I'm still doing it, but like less less and less now playing airsoft more. But interesting story, like how how I got into airsoft was. Uh, I've always been interested in sniping. Like ever since seeing the movie Sniper that came out in '93 mm-hmm. with Tom Berenger, mm-hmm. uh, that was like I got it on VHS, so it must have been like '94, and I had my first ghillie suit like a week after. Nice. I made it from scratch, like uh, as my dad to take me to a fabric store. And then I just took like woodland fabric, cut it into strips, tied, made like a net out of it. It was like totally shit, like zero effectiveness, but it was like the coolest thing ever. Like that opening scene from the movie, it's so epic. Brilliant. Once you made that first ghillie suit, did you, was that it? Was your passion for ghillie sniping lit? Did you, have you been doing that obsessively since then? Yeah, I think it was the movie that got me started. Like that opening scene, like still, it's one of the best movie scenes I think ever. Like just seeing that those guys crawling and taking the shots. And what is it that excites you the most about airsoft sniping? Like being hidden, like invisible, creating chaos. Even if you like miss the shot that you take. The guys are totally panicking. Like, oh my god! Like, where is it? Like, we can't move. Yeah, yeah I, I share yeah. that. I, I love what I re- what I really like being is being in control, really feeling in control in control of the situation. So, yeah. you 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 have confidence in your concealment. You know what how you blend into the environment around you, and you have control over that shot. And so much relies on staying hidden and making those shots count and being in control of that situation and knowing that if you make a mistake you it just changes just like that and that that switch of being the hunter to the hunted that for me that's the buzz and staying in that hidden position is and staying in control of the situation so that all that chaos around you you're like the calm in the middle of that storm around you i I love that feeling so when when was the when, when did we first start speaking with, with each other so, it was, it was... before we go to there uh, back back to the original question like how i got into airsoft sniping um there's this group airsoft sniper asf airsoft sniper forum yeah 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 that's the one that's it i, I went there years ago that was years ago wasn't it that was yeah yeah before, yeah before facebook yeah i went there like was searching for you know like ideas, stuff like that, because I was using ghillie suits in paintball, but you know, the trajectory is kind of like wank. They shoot up to like, I don't know, 40, 50 meters. Now with the first track rounds, it's a different game, but back then it was not not like ideal for sniping. So then I saw that airsoft, airsoft guns can shoot like, I don't know, up to 100 meters. And um, I went on the forum, found that there's this one guy from Finland called Oderfa. I sent him a PM and uh, he invited me to again. I went there without camera, 
and uh, took some photos of the day and was like totally hooked. So what what were the in in Finland at this time the what would the rules be? Are, are the rules were the rules then the same as they were now? So so what power guns can you use over there? Three jewels. Three jewels, nice. Yeah, that's that's like for normal skirmishing, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, for male sims, we usually have four, which is really nice. Yeah. Like, Lovely, yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, well, you have two point three. Yeah, two point three jewels, and it's um, but it's it's fine for most situations. Like, I don't know about you, but most of my shots, I probably take anywhere between forty and sixty meters. Is probably most shots that I take. So you don't really need the really high power, but once you get out past. 70 to 80 meters and then into the 90s and 100 meters you really feel those shots they just lose that sting and people sometimes they just don't feel it i think was that was that a hit and they look and they're not yeah. they're not they're not cheating it's just they just get a little <clears throat> thick and they're like i'm not was that a hit and that's where you when i played in america early this year the power was similar kind of levels and you really do notice the difference people they, they feel the hit a bit, bit more, and I, I would like yep. to play higher power limits more often. And also, there's like less less variables like the wind. Yeah. If you're shooting like a heavy heavy ammo like the Mustang ball or for 0.48 like the BLS, then I can. Well, shoot. Talk about BBs. When it wasn't heavyweight BBs wasn't. That's quite a, a recent advancement. The heavyweight white balls. Definitely. Because when I started, when I started, there was like 40 and 43s were like the heaviest, but the 43s were green, like slight shade of green. I remember those, yeah. So it was you, like... You couldn't see them, could you? When they were flying, really oh, hard to see them. Not at all. And then the, there was uh, 0.5s that were like uh, metallic gray. Black, yeah. Yeah, black, black, yeah. yeah you still get those. Impossible to play with. Yeah, I keep... I keep... I keep playing. I keep playing the idea of going back to them. I've got a tub of the blacks, and they are an interesting idea for because one thing you do see white BBs, and sometimes I will hold off if I can see an opponent looking at me. I will hold off taking that shot because I know if I miss, there's a good chance they'll see the BB and I'll see where it's come from. I and do the same. BB. I do exactly the same. Like hold off when they're looking at me, mm-hmm. even if I know they they won't. Uh, they won't see the BB coming, mm-hmm. but that's the reason because um, if they're looking at you, they're gonna react faster, and you can like if they change their uh, position, their head to the side, and then you shoot. They're like, like, what's going on? Where is it coming from? It's harder for the brain to like connect. Yeah, this this is at that level of thinking when you take a shot when you're airsoft sniping it's that level of satisfaction that you get from playing this role and the, the extra thought that goes into it that i have not i've not got that from any other style of, of airsoft i've played over the years and i sometimes get people popping up in the comment section on my video saying why don't you use a dmr it's this 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 reason the thought that goes into it that satisfaction of those single placed shots yeah. and it's a real visual experience and yeah airsoft sniping is there's nothing else quite like it so what what's your favorite gun Yanni? sniper yeah um i know there will be some hate 
because of my answer, but the SSG24, because of the reasons, not because it's the best gun out of the box that you never have to modify to get it shooting perfectly, like the speech goes or the um, promotion goes, uh, but um, it's repeatable. Like if you take it apart, put it back together, it shoots the same. Like it almost holds the zero. Like even if you if you take the barrel out, the bucking out, right. it's repeatable. What have you done to your SSG? Have you made any changes to it? Because I yeah, it's quite I, quiet, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's half half the sound of the original gun. What did I do? Uh, first thing, Springer custom stock. I can actually show it to you. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, because I'm a Finn, so we have to love uh, good Seiko stock. So this is the... Um, I already forgot. Anyway, Springer Custom makes this one. It's good. It's super comfortable. Like, the grip here is 90, almost like 90 degrees. So it's super comfortable holding it. The weight... What's, is, what's the stock made out of? Is it solid? Yeah, it's wood. This is like the wooden stocks reduce noise quite a lot. They're oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there's the echo on uh, on uh, like the hollow plastic stocks. Yeah. The echo is the I think the worst like sound maker for let's say VSR. The first thing I do is fill it with foam. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me how I got the my VSR my new one quite quiet. A lot of it is down to that stock, which is really solid. That new Maple Leaf stock is, there's no reverberation in there at all. That's, um, yeah, good stock is really important. Have you got an air brake on your SSG? No, I don't. It's because I want the extra power and the air brake takes a little bit. Okay. Like that one is shooting like 2.98, which is like in the limit. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you always use a sniper or do you use other guns as well? No, I mostly, like, if I play with a team, I go with the team, like, I'm the team, I'm a team member and not a, like, lone, lone player. So if I play with a sniper and I'm with a team, I'm just a supporting guy and not a, like, a lone, lone planking guy or... But you've got a whole bunch of ghillie suits in the background, which we're going to get onto shortly because they look fascinating. And this is... This is how how Yanni and I met was through, I guess it was through Instagram. It's funny, we, we were obviously on the Airsoft Sniper Forum, but we didn't cross paths on there. Yeah. We may well have seen each other's posts, but we never communicated with each other. And it was probably in, would it have been 2015 we first spoke on Instagram, maybe? Yeah, it might have been. Because it was, it was like in 2013 when I got on the, the Airsoft Sniper Forum, mm -hmm. like two weeks later. I had a sniper rifle. Actually, it was a DMR, but I considered it a sniper rifle back then. When I noticed, what I really noticed about Yanni, because it, it was 2015 when I was starting to modify the leaf suits and I was starting to put artificial leaves onto my suits. And I was always looking to get more realistic leaves. And Yanni was just coming up with these suits on Instagram. I was like, what the, f how the fuck's he done that? And I started messaging him and Yanni was like, yeah, well, you can do this and do that. And that's how we got Talking. I think it was like the eye dye, the eye dye polyester. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. Like I told you, like how to make the green, green yeah. leaves. Do I remember a video you did where you put suits in a bucket and you were stirring them 
like yeah. a soup thing. That's it. <laughs> like a lettuce soup. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, that was good stuff. I, you know, those videos you did, because you should do more of those. Yeah. Well, I sent them only to you. It was like a private message thing. Yeah. I wasn't like really into uh, like showing my stuff back then. Mm. Uh, things like things like you, YouTube's a slightly different animal because I've kind of kind of figured out on YouTube that you you can make your content and then if you present it in a certain way and you get the clickbait right, then you can get the numbers and it kind of pays. But because you get the ad revenue and it's you get viral videos. But with things like Facebook and Facebook groups and Instagram especially. What I love about Instagram is just chatting to people through the DMs, hooking up with people who share the same passion, and then doing live streams and talking to people and sharing this this interest. I guess this is why we hit it off. I would rate having friendships with someone like yourself, who we share the same passion with, much more highly than having 10, 20,000, 30,000. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's some very cool traditional, I use traditional gillies on yeah. your Instagram feed that you've created, and they look very, very cool. But most of that, I used to use traditional gillies as well, but most of us have gone over to the leaf suits in recent years. Have you completely gone over to leaf suits? You, you essentially had to choose leaf suit or traditional ghillie. Which one do you go for? Mm, that's actually quite a difficult one for me. Um, Depends of the game, depends of the area, time of time of the year. Like if there's leaves, for example, on the trees. But it comes down to two, I think, major points. One is the leaf suit is a lot lighter, more breathable, and uh, it takes less prepping time, a lot less. Because like when I'm when I'm playing in a traditional ghillie suit. I always arrive to the gaming site like 30 minutes to one hour earlier. And these will be, oops, these will be your best friend. Rubber bands. Uh, oh. clippers. Yeah. yeah, clippers. Um, we actually had a question from someone about that, actually. Thies was asking about applying natural veg because yeah. one of the natural veg is always if you've got time to apply it, I always put it on, whether it's a leaf suit or a traditional ghillie. But he's asking, you know, what what tips or tricks do you have for applying veg on your suit before a game? Uh, there's like, I don't know, tons, tons of advice I could give him. But um, one thing that really teaches you is like, go out there, see what works and what doesn't. If you're lying on the ground and let's say you have uh, leaves on your back, leaves don't grow on the ground. So you're wrong there. Like if, if you have dead grass on your back and there's green grass around you, you're going to be spotted. It's like, it's kind of hard. I know. That's uh, what I, I always say that to people. You've, they've always, it's not just about building a suit that looks good or adding veg and making it look good. You've got to understand how you look and how you fit in the environment. Exactly. And there's no point having you say a, a, a vivid green suit in a brown environment or having a, a brown suit and adding on um, branches from trees which are slightly high up and then you go and play in a different area of the field, um, the natural veg has to match as well. You can't just chuck it on. So yeah. being aware of how you fit into the environment is is 
paramount, really. Yeah, as far as traditional galleys go and garnishing them like with natural veg, I always have a, like a green base and a brown base or slider like tan tan colored base depending on like what season it is because it's so much easier to like put uh, dead dead or tan colors on the tan suit or brown suit and green on the um, green suit yeah i get that the, the reason this this year i've started questioning that a little bit I've, I've been out i've i've moved house this year and i'm in an area where there's a lot of um, ferns on the ground even during winter there's the the very you know when ferns die down they get really dark yep. i've actually found that this winter and this is when i this is when i i decided i needed to have the green kmcs suit was that even in the winter people said oh it's a summer suit and i was like no it's not a summer suit it's a green suit yeah um, and i then added brown um, artificial leaves or brown raffia onto the green because often in winter you'll get those very dark green colors but then you'll get the dead stuff on top of it so again this comes down to understanding how you're fitting into your environment and you can make suits that look good but if they don't fit into your environment it, it doesn't matter well like for me it's different like in a winter time we have a blanket of white mm -hmm. then we have a blanket of like the snow pushes all the uh anything that lives basically is like flat on the ground mm -hmm like impossible like it's it's a nightmare to camouflage unless you're using uh dead grass and a, a like lighter colored suit then that works like really well i think the um springtime before the leaves leaves start popping up that's like the easiest time to camo like gilly up yeah. it's because everything is like dead you can just go and grab some dead grass and you're done yeah, this sort of type, yeah, early, early, yeah, everything's bleached as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of February, March, April time, everything is so bleached. No matter where you are in the world, winter's just taking the colour out of everything. And I, I love that time of season. For me, that's the neutral time. So the KMCS colours are this kind of early spring colours, the yeah. KMCS brown. And then as the year, I, I think that as the neutral season. And as the spring comes, you get the green sprouting up and you add the green onto the suit. And then as you get deep into the summer, you go for the greens like you've got in, the, in your background, which you'll come on to in a minute. Have to maybe have a closer look at some of those suits. Um, and then when the winter comes, it changes again. and You get those vivid orange colours and those um, those leaves, which are. And this is going back to how we first started talking and how this whole a lot of people realise that artificial leaves are you can't just add those autumn leaves to your suit you can't go and just pull leaves off trees yeah because they're crumbled there's no everything's brittle in autumn those leaves are falling you can't just stick them on and this is where this passion for crafting leaves comes from that those changing seasons have that how it evolves i think that's part of the reason why this whole gilly community over the last few years has gone from something that was really kind of obscure and underground to something now that's blown up and there's people all over the world who are into ghillie crafting and being part of this community who have got this passion for creating these suits because it's like this constant evolution and there's i don't know about you but i've never found the perfect suit there isn't a perfect suit um the environment is all always changing like if you go to one field and your suit is like let's say perfect you go to another spot on that same field it isn't 
there's always always room for like small modifications i don't know like in the like real army or in the military um the snipers change their camo i don't know at least they're supposed to depending on the position they're going to but i never do like on the airsoft field it's not practical for us is it a lot of a lot of real steel sniping like the sniper's handbook a lot of that isn't practical for airsoft sniping i don't think not at all because we don't spend days on missions like just to go there and shit in a diaper be miserable for two days and then come back don't fire a shot this is like everything's closer as well isn't it we're playing on rate on, on things that are a much closer range Oh yeah, definitely. That plays a huge part. I think that's where I that's where I originally came up with the idea of making the mask and taking the goggles and the goggle becomes something that obscure that face and the yep. goggles with the leaves coming off them. So you, all of a sudden you go from sort of from like when you're even 20, 30 meters away, you can still kind of see people if they're in the ghillie. You still yep. saw the glasses, you saw the goggles, you see their yep. face even with the camo screen on, and then. It's one thing when a balaclava, but then you've still got the goggles. And then I thought, well, let's spray the goggles. And then it's like, okay, that's kind of working. And then it's like, hang on a minute, I can still kind of see. And when we were doing the sniper on sniper games as well, the sniper ops games, there was a point where where the whole mask thing came from was if you are stalking, you're a sniper versus another airsoft sniper. Yeah. And you're stalking along with your, and you've got, whether it's down or your, your gun's facing this way, and then you see, at the corner of your eye, another sniper. Now, you're going very slowly. Your gun's here. You see another sniper. He's looking towards you. Yep. Now, has that sniper seen you? Or is he just looking towards you? Does he recognise you as a person? Or is he just stopped there? If you start to move your gun up... Yeah, he's, he's not sure. Towards you, he has seen you. Yeah. But you're looking at his eyes because you can see his goggles and you know he's looking towards you. This was when I got thinking, well, what happens if you can completely obscure the, the goggles and the glasses so you can't see a face? And then I got into the idea of using the feathers, putting two feathers on the side of the head. So the feathers were eyes at a distance. And I got the idea from moths. And then this was so when you're doing a sniper on sniper thing in airsoft, you're not anti-sniping from 500 metres away. It's yep. not like enemy at the gates and you're looking for a glint on the scope. You're looking at their face. Which direction are they looking in? And at the ranges we're playing at, this attention to detail, I find fascinating. I, I, I love it. I think attention to detail is the key. It's like if you have a like shiny piece. Of, have you, by, by a chance, have you ever seen a scope glint? Mm. Like actually, like in Airsoft game. Oh, no, I have, yes. There's a yeah. gameplay I've got. It doesn't happen very often, but there's a gameplay. I might pull that out. I'll post it on my Instagram, actually. And it was probably 18 months ago, maybe two years ago. And the sniper was inside a tractor shed. And I saw the glint, and I shot at it, and I hit him. And it's on camera. And oh, I see I've, the seen glint. I've seen it. Yeah. I think I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's such a rare occurrence, though. Yeah, because I've never seen it. But what you see is like you see someone's sleeve hiking up, you yep. see the arm here. You, there's no flesh color in nature. No. You see their like goggles, and then you see the bare bare face here. That's that's like a given. Yeah. And usually, like with the ghillie suits, um, 
it leaves a uh, shade and the shade like what it's the world shadow is. isn't it yeah the hoods they don't i've never been a fan of hoods they just yeah. leave that shadow over the, over the face it can give you away yeah that black spot it it's like a flat flat black yeah. spot there is nothing like that in nature like yeah. the shadows shadows i think like if it if we go to sniper on sniper games like movement is the first one then the uh like wrong colors and then the shadows like if you look into a wood wooded area uh quickly like just a quick glance you usually just see a human shape or something that doesn't belong and that makes you look again like through the scope and boom there it is yeah i think if, if you had to uh, I've, I've often thought about this if you had to choose between the full leaf suit or balaclava and, and crafted goggles and a gillied rifle what do you choose so you could only have either the full leaf suit or gillied rifle and gillied face i'd choose the latter of course because usually you just get away with a, like a breaking up your head yeah you don't even necessarily need to come your camo your rifle but the head is like the head and shoulders area this is like the uh the same, yeah. most most important like the silhouette yeah definitely i i 100 agree with that and this is when i often see people who get into air sort of sniping they will have a ghillie cloak on but they'll have their big black rifle and they'll have their dark glasses and they won't put anything on their face yeah i think the problem is like when you're crafting like when you're uh, making a ghillie suit you forget the uh, small like minor details that you're putting on later like when you go to the field like for example you have the black rubber bands on the side of the uh goggles no like yeah. the goggles that, are black yeah that that little bit of detail because your head is always the first thing looking around looking in and it's much easier to hide your body than it is to because when your head you, you're looking you're, you're peeking around like little details you say black bands or yeah. gopro straps or even, yeah, anything like that is going to give you Definitely. Um, so we've got we've got a whole bunch of questions here shall we shall we go through some of them let's do it first of all alex and actually a couple of people on your recent instagram post you've got you're wearing the kmcs green and green top and brown trousers he thinks the green looks a little bit different what have you done to it i've dyed it using acrylic ink we've discussed about it like a lot mm-hmm. and uh spray paint like pretty much the uh the netting i think it, it's kind of like too pale for my country i don't know where the england like how it is over there but for me it's like slightly just slightly too pale so mm-hmm. i went over with it like with light screen uh light green spray paint and dyed the leaves a little bit are you just painting the ink onto the leaves using yeah. a paintbrush or yeah. I'm, yeah i'm using using a paintbrush it takes forever though but we're in lockdown so yeah that's what well, yeah that's what we love doing the um i mean that, that acrylic ink was a real game changer for, for me definitely creating the artificial leaves it yeah was, yeah acrylic ink is a game changer one of the nicest things like I think we think what you can do is like if you place your ghillie on a, like mannequin or like hang it up and you you see like there's um 
let's say, like on your ghillie, there's three green leaves on the hood. Like, uh, yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I would, uh, like, dye the middle one of, of those, uh, just like a little bit greener to. Uh, well, I've, I've put those on because it, it's springtime. We were talking, we were chatting earlier. Yeah. At springtime, you get those real vivid greens, which are like this. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I've got a, quite a few of these on at the moment, but they will only stay on here. No, no, but a couple of months. Like what, what you can do with the acrylic inks, like mix it with a little bit of water mm -hmm. and then paint over the leaf. Mm -hmm. You can alter the color just like a slight, slight, slight amount. Yeah. So it, it it becomes more, I don't know, natural. You can like tweak the colors. That's what I'm going for. Uh, don't just use the ink, use ink and water yeah. and you can do it over and over again. Like, yeah. if you like, just... like a watercolor, it's like watercolor paint. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there we go. That's uh, Alex's question answered. Now talk about KMCS yes, because when Yanni and I were talking, was it 18 months ago when we first started talking about leaf suits and what was missing and what we would want in a leaf suit? Think so, yeah. we, we started banging our heads together and yeah. that's where Yanni if you don't don't know Gilly Wan had a big input into some of the design features on the KMCS and one of the features what we wanted to see in the suit was though that uh, sort of random leaf pattern and that idea came from from Yanni yeah because if you look at a traditional leaf suit it has the straight lines of leaves and there's no straight lines in nature. Like that doesn't happen. Uh, you could always see like someone from a distance, like wearing a leaf suit. Mm -hmm. Like you see the leaves go in a straight line and then you see the mesh. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd started to remove some of my leaves from the old traditional suit. Yeah. So take some out, you had the bare patches and I'd use those leaves to put them in a different angle. And it was quite yeah. time consuming. It's like, God, if only we had a suit that that had this and that's when Yanni was chatting to a tailor and Yanni introduced me to the tailor and that's when KMCS was born so if it wasn't for Yanni uh, KMCS may may not have been born or at least it wouldn't have been born at the time it was so um, yeah thank thank you very much Yanni for for inspiring and ha having an input into it. No, I did exactly the same. Like I, I was uh, removing the stitches from the leaves, like straight lines and crisscrossing them over. Then I started like folding the leaves like on top of each other. And then I noticed like there's a volume created. Yeah. And then I spoke with the tailor like, hey, can you make this and make like slightly different? And glad it worked out. It's good, no man. It was. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who, who are really seeing the, the difference it is it is making on on uh, on the leaf suits, and it's gone from something where, as you say, it was easy to say leaf suits were just like oh, it's just a. You know. It was a gimmick. It was a gimmick back then. Yeah. Now I'd say it's a whole lot more effective. And now we've gone from leaf suits, which were essentially for hunters, which were made from nylon. They weren't particularly strong. Oh yeah. Um, Jack Jack Pike suits back then were amazing. The, the new the if you guys if if people haven't seen or seen an original Jack Pike and the colours they were brilliant. Yeah, the original colours they were great. But then they came up with the second batch and oh, it's like atrocious. Yeah. Why? Just 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 terrible. Um, but the original Jack Pikes were like amazing. But they would after a year they just fall apart and get. Yeah. 
they'd rip. So um, how things have come on, it's um, yeah to have this military strength leaf suits has been a, a real game changer for. Yeah, the mesh material on KMCS is totally different. I think it's like woven fabric. Yeah. That crisscross is like it's super easy to craft. You can just like take the zip ties and attach stuff to it. It's really strong. Even just one thread of the KMCS, yeah. just, uh, just putting a zip, zip tie through it, one thread will hold really well. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Let's bash through some more of these questions. Jeff Slack asked a good question. He asked us both, what gloves do you wear and why? Me? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. My my gloves, I don't. I used to wear very lightweight Jack Pike um, LLCS gloves from years ago. You can't get them anymore. Now I tend to wear 511 flight gloves, which are just, uh, I wear them because they're a really nice color. They're like a brownie color and they've got leather on the back and the leather takes acrylic ink really well. And so that's why I, I use those. I don't think gloves are that important. I like them to give me a little bit of protection when I'm, when I'm crawling and I don't so, want them to be thick. I want to have a little bit of feeling when I'm handling things. So I, I use cheap 5.11s. I quite like the Nomex gloves. Like, you know, the flight gloves? Yeah. Those are, um, you have a really nice feel to the gun and, like, mag release and stuff like that. Yeah. But usually I wear just, like, mechanics or outdoor research, something like, I don't know. Gloves aren't that important. Especially now with the, the cuffs on the back of the suits as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Those help. Yeah, sure. And speaking of uh, other KMCS features like that we might have forgot to mention, I think the one of the essential ones is having the veg loops. Yes. Because there's like there's a saying, veg is the edge, mm. and I think that's like the whole through whole truth. Um, if you go to the field and there's like dead grass and let's say your suit is green and it doesn't have any dead grass, you put a little bit and a little bit goes a long way. Mm. It helps helps with you. It makes it really adaptable, doesn't it? It makes the suit very adaptable. Oh, yeah. I was watching a, like a show about North Korea. Those guys had a, like this uh, big, like, I don't know, like netting, like they they stick uh, like vegging and then they had these uh like loops like rubber loops on the sleeves that you can stick like some dead grass and the camp uniforms that they had they were like only like khaki club colored so not that effective but with the hay with the grass it became like super super like efficient mm. and that's like what three minutes yeah. And put it especially there's two especially there's two of you you can do each other's backs and cover, yeah, yeah. Cover, cover each other that's something i always have that's a that's a good tip for people i always have elastic bands on my lip on my on my limbs um even though we've got the veg loops on the kmcs i'll always put a couple of elastic bands on my arms which makes it you can stuff the veg in the elastic loops on the kmcs and then the elastic bands over the top it just holds it a bit bit better and even if you haven't got the veg loops on the kmcs you can do that as you said the north koreans would yeah. use those rubber bands same exactly the same technique ottmund i think that's his name asks about using gillies in urban areas are they actually effective i i always use a leaf suit pretty much everywhere i go now personally 
I make some changes when I go to urban areas. I will tend to have a, a lighter setup, so I might not wear leaf suit trousers, but I'll still have my gun gillied, my head gillied, but I'll tend to just use, say, the KMCS brown colours look really concretey. They look like rubble when you lie in the rubble. So I just won't add very much to it. I won't add much raffia. But you still, it's the same principle no matter where you're playing. You want to cover up that human shape. And when you get your head concealed and your gun concealed and you look like colours that mimic the area you're in, there's no reason why not to use a ghillie. And especially with leaf suits now, when they're very lightweight, you don't, I don't notice I'm wearing my leaf suit compared to wearing just BDUs. So I don't see why not to use it in urban areas. Do you have anything that you would say about using guineas in urban areas? Sort of like depends on the area. Like usually when we have a, let's say, urban area, it's like a full-on CQB stuff. Like we don't have like that many towns that you have actual buildings that you can play in and you have like woods outside of it. If it has woods, then of course I'd wear a 3D suit or a leaf suit. But if it's just for like CQB, then there's like zero point. Have you ever added like rubbish to a ghillie, like plastic or bottles or Coke cans and things, like crazy things like that? I've thought about it. I've thought about like fake rocks and stuff like that, but we don't just have the playing areas for it. So yeah. why, why do it? Like if the areas don't allow for it, allow for it is a wrong wrong word but if it makes like zero sense to use them i'm fortunate i've been able to travel to a lot of cool areas and places like places like the bear's head in france the fat fortress yeah and we see how effective the kmcs is against and not just kmcs and any if, the, if you've got a leaf suit that will match the, a gray or rocky area to be able to go up against a, a cliff face or rocks and blend in a leaf suit will do that really well and, and places like the urban area in Austria, where I went as well, again, I, I was finding it, there's a lot of rubble there and um, mossy or overgrown urban buildings. And I don't see why not to use a ghillie suit. People have said to me, I think it was clean, clean shot, actually, said, oh, there's no point having a, a ghillie suit going to the urban area. And I was like, well, no, I just completely disagree. When you're there and you see people walking straight past you and you're just against a wall and you just don't move and people go straight past you. It's like, OK, yeah, this definitely is a point. Yeah, it breaks your outline. I get it. I get it. Like, it could slow you down. In, in, in buildings, though, if you have too much ghillie on, it does yeah. slow you down. Without yeah, definitely. And also, if you're coming out, uh, there there might be a like, leaf or some tuft of grass like showing before you pop out. But I remember from uh, one of your videos from Sandpit, was it something like that? You had a tarp and you yeah. hid under it. Yeah, that was epic. Yeah, that was a, that was a while ago. That site was amazing. Yeah, if you play at quarry sites, and they then I was I did that twice there. I hid under a tarp for ages, and another time I just hid under clear plastic. Yeah, I used a clip like I wrapped myself in this clear plastic and used it as a cloak. I could see through it, but it was weird because I had like this clear plastic. I wasn't blending in; I was fitting in. And I've often used that phrase, fitting. If you fit in, you don't have to blend in. So yep. if you look like a lump of rock or you look like a lump of wood or you look like a pile of plastic, you don't have to blend. Whatever works. Jensen asks, when the trees and the ground are bare, for example, during the in the depths of winter, 
what is the best form of concealment? That's a tough one. Mm. It's always hard to, like, if the ground is flat. Hello, doggy. Hi, bloody. Uh, if the ground is flat, then, like, I don't know, baggy clothes. That works. Like, breaks your, oh, breaks your silhouette a bit. But I, I, I still think, like, uh, like somewhat matching 3D leaf suit will give you, like, a definite advantage because, like, if the colors blend in with the background or the foreground, mm -hmm. uh, then it's so much harder to spot you than just, like, regular camo. Plus, with a leaf suit, you always get, like, the shadows and highlights coming that kind of, like, pull the eye. And with the regular camo, like... Always the, I think the word is reflectance that reveals your position. Like you always have like, a, let's say like at this moment, like there's a, some part of your like cap that's highlighted, like um, shadowed and the highlighted part is always the one that players see. Like in direct suits, it isn't the fact that they look, the 3D part of it is not the fact it looks like a leaf. If you're in a pine forest, well, there's no leaves, so why would a leaf suit work? It's not the fact it's a leaf, it's the fact it's disrupting yep. or that flatness and you're, you're not looking like a person. You're looking like an object that isn't human. And I think that's the important thing. So leaf suits can work even in an environment such as a pine forest. If you've got the right colors, and you can add some natural vegetation to it, and you can disrupt the fact that you are a human shape. Definitely. But it's a tough question. We've, it's something we've always had. Like, the, the pine forest is the hardest one. Yeah. Well, what you did there was basically explain, like, 70% of the Finnish, like, airsoft areas. Mm. We have those, like, tree trunks. Like, nothing in between ground and uh, tree. One of the hardest things in, an, in a situation like that, and when you're in a forest and you've got, you, you have the horizon line, when you are, and you see this in nature, when you see deer, when, when you spot a deer in the forest, you spot it because it's got a horizontal, it's horizontal back. You don't yep. see its legs. You think, oh, what's that horizontal line there? And you, oh, and you see it's the deer. So that thing that's sticking out is its flat back. It gives it away. So when I'm moving through an area like that, You've got, you have the horizon line, which has got like maybe the way you either have to stay below that. So you have to get really low below the horizon line. Yep. If you are not able to be really low down to, 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 to do that navigation and you are going to be breaking that horizon line, I am either, I avoid having a little hunch over. I always try and stand as straight as possible if I'm moving through an area where you've got lots of those straight trees to try and avoid having any kind of, horizontal that's not below the horizon line yeah so i think i would say to jensen's question in this situation and what yan is saying and what what my trainer thought is as well you've got to have to think more about your movement and how you're fitting into the environment than the actual concealment you're wearing yeah definitely like why why do you want to move like where do you need to go or is this a good like spot for an ambush? You have to think about those factors. Like first things that gonna is going to like get you spotted is movement. Mm. Like if you're gonna move, like people are gonna say like either way. If you're wearing a ghillie suit or through a leaf suit or 
normal camo. It's it's more up here than down there. Yeah, I've, I've often I've, I often tell people that it's more important if I, if I had to choose between perfect concealment and perfect awareness. I would always choose perfect awareness because if you know where people are around you, you can then, and we go back to that sniper on sniper situation where you know, if you know where they're looking, if you can see people before they see you, you can normally see where they're looking and then you can make your tactical decision about how you proceed. That's more important to me than staying hidden. Exactly. And this goes on. Someone's asked that question, a question here about hiding. Um, Edwin asks, how do you find a good hide position? My my process of finding a high position, I am always thinking more about how I am going to be aware of the environment around me. Because there's no point having a high position if you're hidden but you can't see anything. Yeah, so that's how do you affect how do you affect the game? How do you infect how do you affect the scenario if you can't see and be aware? Yeah, for me that's the same. I always go for like what's it in English like field of view like. Mm-hmm field of fire like as as wide as possible but without being too obvious if you go in a tower you're gonna get spotted like i avoid those things yeah yeah sniper sniper towers they call them it's like it's like go as high as possible without highlighting yourself yes yeah without breaking that horizon yeah and avoid the obvious like if you were a sniper would you go there yes yeah well then don't go there like take like different spot so to answer the question it's not just about hiding it's not just about being hidden it's about being in an unusual position and having good awareness so that you can affect the environment around you i think is the answer to that question and also having a way in and way out works like if you get caught yeah do do you have any process you go through when you're when you're leaving hide at all i don't know roll the dice yeah, it is. It's like that. If it, you, it is a gamble because yep. normally when you're in a hide situation, you've got a field of view and you're kind of focused on it. To see anywhere else, you're going to normally have to move around and that yep. movement is the dangerous time. Yep. And it's, it's a gamble because you've got to just do it really slowly, really smoothly. Check really behind you, check one way, check the other way and then move and you may not be aware that someone's looking in your direction and it doesn't matter how good your camouflage is as soon as you start to leave that high position if someone is observing you're going to get seen it doesn't matter it's a gamble yeah no it's it's a tough one harry on instagram asked about sneaky leaves when um when they're back in stock and alternatives sneaky leaves i discovered sneaky leaves discovered um that would have been end of 2014 no start of 2015 i discovered them so it's springtime 2015 and i bought them originally in a someone had in america had bought, made a suit out of them and i bought the suit and it had a load of sneaky leaves on it and i was like my god these things are amazing and he had the packet with them and that's how i found out what they were and they were made many years ago but now they're not made anymore so skirm shop bought a load of stock of them but now now they're gone so everyone's now kind of making alternatives and Yanni is an expert at making. Do you have any guides online perhaps that you could share? Of making sneaky leaves. leaves? Yeah. Anything that's not in the Sniperops group. I've, I've tried like uh, different designs like using webbing, like 
sewing webbing on the suit or shoguing it on and uh, shoguing like leaves on the piece of webbing so it kind of like sticks out mm. and gravity holds it. I think why the sneaky leaves work so well is that they add uh, depth to your suit. So um, it, there's nothing else that adds that kind of depth. You've got like with the artificial creating artificial leaves they, and attaching them and adding cotton or adding halo screen works, but they all kind of they don't have that same leaping out effect yep. that sneaker leaves have. I agree. It has to have like the stem that makes the extra shadow and the makes it pop out more. Yeah, I've tried experimenting with coconut rope, and I've done. Let's move the camera up here. Can you see here? The I've only done it a couple of times, but I've put coconut rope. Oh yeah. Can you see that? Yep. Which kind of works. I need to experiment with that a little bit more. But yeah, well, my webbing webbing stuff was like a lot similar. So that kind of works. It's the same the same principle as your webbing because like this is a broken sneaky leaf which I've attached with a cable tie, but then I've got the coconut rope attached to the wire of that um, push to talk. And the gravity, you say that gravity is creating this depth here. Yeah. And again here on, on my on my zippers here, I've used that coconut rope. You see that? Yep. So it kind of has a similar kind of thing. But you can't add it to your leaf suit, you've got to add it to your webbing. So I'm using the zips, I'm using cable, I'm using the wires, I'm using the attachment points of where the and it's yeah, so yeah, just just improvise, I guess. Yeah, and that's one thing. Like you have to be paying attention to detail. Like for example, your webbing. Like if it was like left clean, it, it would be like I don't know, bunch of leaves and two vertical straps going on. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. that looks like really really good. Yeah, the 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 webbing webbing and crafting webbing for me is I, I always think if i've got a good camel back i've got good webbing and i've crafted it and i've crafted my headband i've crafted my head yeah we, if you get this right you can chuck this this webbing which is all crafted that's all part that's part of the camel back and you put it on top of say a normal bdu to good camo yeah you've got the head and it goes back to that early discussion about what do you choose a leaf suit or a well-concealed gun and head yeah if you've got well-concealed mask head strap with the balaclava, the webbing, with a good camelback, which you can attach the natural veg to, and the camelback's got the ghillie on. Yeah. If you just had a, a camouflage like this, and you throw that on, you're going to have a really good effect. And um, now I'm kind of like regretting, like why I don't use a sniper rig. I'm only using a belt kit. Like, yes, yeah, the rig for me. I've always, I, I've for, for years, I've used a 1990s U.S. Army webbing. Yeah. And part of that reason is because it allows me to add loads of stuff to it and add the things that spring off and it just adds massive depth to my to my um, concealment system. I just have like things on my belt and in my pockets. You've taken the brown cans yesterday and you've dyed them green, haven't you? Or something? Yeah, I did. I did it with the experimental suit that I ordered. Like it was a bit of a gamble. I wanted to see how how um, 
how I can make the colors like more adaptable to our summertime because like Finland is a strange country like you know winter is white in the like spring before the all the like leaves pop out it's totally like tan and after that it's like tropic it's nothing but green it's like green 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 everywhere so walking around with a like brown ghillie suit doesn't really work like even if i add some some uh greens on the veg loops i need to have some green on the suit and uh getting those greens right it's it's a painstaking job you know it i know it yeah but hey, it all comes down to what works in the environment you're going to be playing in exactly there's no there's there's never any right or wrong answer to gillian there's no oh, yeah. better than that don't do this do this there's never there's never uh, this is what's so amazing about the gillian community now is that this group knowledge has come together in recent years and all these crafting and passion for making these suits and everybody is so addicted to constantly improving and evolving their suits and it's just amazing to see and it's um, good to have you in the community Yanni so thank, thank you. you very much so before we go where can everybody find you on Instagram I'm Gilly One on Facebook same same handle Brilliant. And where's your local airsoft field? My local airsoft field? Anywhere in Finland? I don't know. Yeah. I play in the uh, uh, southern part of Finland. Do you have any events planned? And obviously Corona has messed everything up, but do you have any big events planned for later oh, this year? Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, we have like this big game coming. We have some 200 player games coming. I don't know. They're probably going to get postponed later this year. Can we ever expect to see you making gameplay videos? Mm. Maybe we should. Maybe I should come over to Finland later this year when there's a big event. Yeah. And I can. It'll be difficult for me to get my guns over, but maybe we can sort something out. And yep. if I bring enough cameras, maybe I can pop some cameras on you. We can double team, and then I can maybe edit some gameplay of us two playing together. I think that was actually one of the questions, like on the list. Like, do a gameplay. Whoever it was who asked, there we go. We Legend. In the end. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it later this year. So, Yanni, uh, aka Gilly One, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, we all appreciate you and appreciate your content. So, keep it coming. And uh, yeah, see you on Instagram, mate. Thank you. See you.